Welcome to the inaugural episode of Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, where we promise a light and lively, intellectually invigorating, theologically engaging, while supporting sociological imaginations through our conversation today. Today's inaugural episode is brought to you with the Reverend Dr. Brenda Hayes. Dr. Hayes? Good morning, Dr. Cooper. We are so excited to be here on this first session. Yes, yes. And it is going to be, as the young people say, I hope off the chain. Let us begin. All right. So a conversation, a question that I have for you today to think about is simply this. We are on this day, March 19th, 2021. Uh, over a year since we have been socially distant, physically distant, sheltering in pace, dealing with this uh, pandemic that we have been in. And a question that I have for you to consider as we give our inaugural uh, conversation with this podcast is this. What was so comfortable about what was till folks can't wait to go back to the way it used to be? Well, that's uh, one of the big questions, and it really speaks to the diversity of humanity. Some of us just like things to stay the way they are. We don't want to hear anything about things changing or being different because we get comfortable uh, in a certain lifestyle. And when that's been disrupted or interrupted, uh, we just don't like it. Some people don't like change. And it speaks to the uh, adaptability of those of us who are human uh, when we're not required to adapt to a manifold different situations, then we don't, we, we don't have the equipment to do it. Um, we don't have the mindset to do it. But if you've ever lived a life where you've had to constantly adjust and readjust, then this, this is just another adjustment. And you, and you bring up an interesting um, idea about mindset, and that brings to my mind mindfulness. And in this idea of mindfulness, there's this practice of being present. And if we are fully present where we currently exist, then why is it that our mind wants to go back to the way that it was? And, and we do this. I mean, we, we hear phrases like make America great again. We, we hold class reunions, family reunions in an effort to remember the way that things perhaps used to be or wanting to go back. And many of us are trying to figure out ways in which we can uh, re-inhabit spaces like congregations, re- re-inhabit classrooms in full capacity, uh, knowing fully well that it won't be like it was. Can, can you speak to that? Why is it so important to remember or to go back and to glorify the past. Well, the past 
is just that. It's, it's glorified. We only talk about and remember the good parts of it, the parts of it that we liked and enjoyed. Um, but with every generation, there are some adversities and there are some things that we really don't like. But we tend not to remember those. We, we remember, as they say, the good times. We remember how things um, were positive and helped us in our uh, challenges in life. We don't remember the, the ugly things and the things that really made us feel bad. That's part of our human nature. Some of us hold on to grudges and and uh, hold on to those bad stories, but they don't they don't serve us well. The ones that serve us well are the successes and the joys and the comfortability of sameness. Um, and so I think a lot of a lot of the current feeling or attitude is is really rooted in a certain kind of fear, a fear that we won't be successful uh, in the changed environment. And somehow we are not well equipped to handle those new things. Uh, we get comfortable with, with our own adequacies and uh, with our abilities and when we're challenged to learn new things, uh, we don't handle it well. That's one of the things that uh, President Biden is talking about, teaching uh, workers new skills and how to work with um, environmentally uh, safe um, um, activities and cars and what have you. Uh, people are going to have to learn how to make and learn how to use uh, new technologies. And that's scary to a lot of people. If you've worked for 20 or 30 years in a certain field and you know it, uh, you don't even have to think about it. You know it so well uh, to have to learn something new, learn how to do something new is, is really um, a fearful thing for many people. I, I agree. And, and sometimes we get so comfortable with the rituals and the repetitive nature mm -hmm. that those rituals become rote. They actually become devoid of meaning because they have been so mm -hmm. uh, ingrained in our unconsciousness uh, and they mm -hmm. sort of lose their, their meaning. But I want to, because Dr. Hayes, you are a retired uh, elder, itinerant elder in the African Methodist Episcopal Church and, and part of these conversations will also be theologically engaging and going back to um, uh, an Old Testament prophet Haggai and, and understanding even if we took that Old Testament story and parlayed it into today's um, 21st century living there was this Old Testament prophet Haggai who had to speak to uh, a generation that was sort of like the baby boomers generation X, the millennials, Gen Z, and even generation alpha. And, and what Haggai had to deal with was say the baby boomers are the Israelites who could remember the, the, the former glory days when Solomon's temple stood 
and and Hagar kind of encouraged, and he gave us this phrase that is pretty powerful, that our latter days will be greater than our former days. That, that somehow we shouldn't get stuck on what was, but to move forward. And if we get stuck on what was, and the pain of remembering the, those good times, as you said, can, can sort of put obstacles in the way for us to see and imagine a future that is brighter than even what we have today. Could you speak to that a little bit? Well, I think the fundamental nature of life on planet Earth is progressive. One of the things we always like to talk about is the progress we have made and how civilization has evolved. And, of course, we know that that's that's putting on the best face. There are a lot of things about who we are that uh, have not progressed at all. As a matter of fact, we continue to revisit them and try to to restore them to some kind of legitimacy or prominence. Um, but I, I, I still I still think that that most of us like to see a forward movement in life. We always talk about how we want our children to do better than we have been able to do. Uh, we want to see our, our succeeding generations prosper in ways that were difficult for us. And we certainly don't want, don't wish for them to have to go to a time uh, that we've had to experience that was limiting and devaluing. And, um, and so it's particularly uh, uh, important for us to do the things or, or engage in action that's going to solidify this ability to progress in life. Um, old, older people, they say, uh, don't welcome change. And that may be true. And I think that's the reason why we are, we are limited in our time on earth because they, we will reach a point beyond which we will not progress. Um, and so I think, you know, as we say, death is a part of life, change is a part of life, progression is a part of life in the earth. And, uh, as these, as these go, others will come. And that's the intergenerational, um, developmental progression of life itself, that we pass on the good things and we hope that in, in our time, we will develop better things and we pass them on to the next generation. And so um, I don't think the statement that Habakkuk makes was reserved simply for those who lived in that time. He spoke to an intergenerational reality that the next generation will be better than this generation. And the generation after that will be even better. Um, that we are expected and to progress and God has promised to bring about the change that represents progress for the human race itself. Excellent. And, and I'd like to use this phrase that so many others use too, that we are all works in progress. And, and to that end, speaking of 
progress. Um, one of the things that we've seen as we, we wrap up this first episode of this podcast, and we have to stay right where we are to be fully present, is the... Um, the great progress made for vaccines that would help right now in this pandemic and the reticence and the hesitancy of those who are skeptical that it was done too fast. Well, when you think about progress, that we are not in the dark ages, that we don't expect things to move slow. We don't have the Pony Express delivering mail anymore, for example, although now with the Postal Service being disrupted, it may take a little longer than usual for our mails to travel within the city. But certainly I could send an email to Kenya and within seconds, my Friends in Kenya would receive an email or I could send a WhatsApp message to India and my friends in India could receive that WhatsApp message really quick. That wasn't a thing several years ago, but we are in a postmodern technological space in which we want quickness. We, we desire things to mm-hmm. happen immediately. And, and we have laid the foundation. Previous generations laid the foundation for where we are in terms of vaccines. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing. And so I would encourage those who can to receive, uh, the, the shot. Um, and, and to protect yourselves because this is the only way that we can do our part to imagine a new space for another generation to not have to deal with COVID-19, but there may be other coronaviruses uh, uh, brewing in, 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 in another generation in a hundred years. Um, and also I want to just consider um, what advice would you, would you share in terms of of uh, our holding on to the past and glorifying the past and and living right now in terms of what advice would you give for generations who are afraid of a future and um, and even when history seems to repeat itself we've seen this not a resurgence just more awareness of the evil that is present as it embodies in, in brutality and violence and, and hate that would um, pull a trigger or that would um, cause harm. What advice would you give to those who are struggling with where's good and, and how can we overcome all of this evil? Well, I'm of the school of thought that things are never as bad as we imagine them. And I think that if we look around, I was just thinking as you were talking about the COVID situation, when you venture out and you look around at the number of people who are wearing masks, instead of that person who didn't wear a mask, you see, you shift your focus from the negative to the positive, then you recognize and you begin to realize that there are far more people who are trying to do the right thing than those who are outlaws. I, um, I, 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 am, I am shook by the tragedy of, of the six to eight and eight people, six Asians and two others uh, who were killed in Georgia. And now all of a sudden there's this great big uh, concern and um, 
Oh, isn't it a shame what happened? And it is. It is. But look how many Asians in the country are doing well, making contributions, not experiencing this kind of hate. There are far more Asians who are uh, living good lives, making great contributions, and who have no less self-esteem or, or, or of less value to those for whom they um, are working and, and those with whom they are engaged. Um, and sometimes we take an isolated event and we blow it out of proportion and suddenly we have this idea or this mindset that, oh, all oh, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. I think there are far more good people in the world and there are evil. Uh, otherwise, um, what Jesus has taught and the 2,000 years of, of disseminating this school of thought would be for nothing. And uh, as you so often say, Dr. Cooper, most religions teach the same fundamental values. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I think this is a rule that many human beings try to live by. Even if they don't practice a particular religion, the value of being kind and being good to others is something that all of us can engage in because it's something that all of us want for our own lives and for our own families. And, and so I think, I think we need to learn to have have a little more faith in the goodness of of humankind um, than those who practice evil. I believe that God is greater and the God in me sees the God in you. And as we continue to hold up these values, others will be blessed by them, others will be taught by them, and others will begin to practice them. And, and to that end, I, I hope that in part of our inclusive practice is to really articulate what the problem is. And the problem is not the number of Asian Americans who are contributing greatly to our country and uh, parts of the world, but to call out that evil is white terrorism. And once we name the evil, we can overcome that evil, as you said, with those spiritual practices that have global impact to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. The namaste, I honor the divine in you, which is also in me. And to be reflective of that imagio dei, that image of God, the mission of God uh, for all that God has created. For we remember that the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, and those who dwell therein. Dr. Brenda Hayes, oh, I am so grateful for this inaugural um, podcast today. And we have many more miles to go. This is the original soundtrack commission only for this podcast that you won't hear any place else but here. And when you hear this great mixture of jazz and soul and spirituality, you'll know that you have been on 
Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter. For Dr. Brenda J. Hayes, I am the Reverend Dr. Carla Cooper, and so grateful to you for tuning in.